0: I I think you can. Uh, Hey, howdy everyone. It looks like we are on and we are live. Welcome to Tomorrow's World Now. Uh, You have big questions, we have real answers. Um, How are you gentlemen doing today?
1: We're doing fine. They're
0: doing fine. Uh, let me introduce the crew that is with me today. To my left, uh, we have Mr. Jim Meredith, a minister with the Living Church of God, and someone who works very hard coordinating our festival sites. If you're familiar with the Feast of Tabernacles, we keep that all over the world, and the guy that God uses to find those sites is the handsome bearded fellow to my left. Just uh, jealous of my beard. I am so jealous <laughs> of your beard. Uh, between the two of us is Mr. Peter Nathan. Uh, he teaches at Living University and is a uh, minister and... Uh, all-around smart fellow. If I call both of you handsome, people are going to think I have an issue. So I'll just say you look very distinguished today, Mr. Nathan. Thank you for being with us. My pleasure. And uh, my name is Wallace Smith. I'm a presenter on the Tomorrow's World program and managing editor of our publications here at Tomorrow's World. And welcome. Uh, the topic today is going to be great for science nerds out there, at least I hope so. Uh, there's been a lot in the news here and there over the last few weeks on a few sciency topics, and we are going to take a look at... Some of them. The first topic today, we have had an interstellar visitor. I hope y'all are excited. I'm, uh, I'm thrilled to death. Thrilled, we're thrilled. Visitors from the stars. Uh, regrettably, they were pretty much just a rock. Uh, you know, they they it wasn't a spaceship of any sort. Uh, but we have been visited in our solar system by. Something with a very exciting name. Uh, I'm going to ask actually Mr. Jim Meredith to pronounce this for us just to make sure we get it right. What's the name of this interstellar visitor? It's
1: very simple to pronounce, actually. It's just Umuamua. It's a Hawaiian word. And since I love Hawaii, Hawaiian just comes naturally. It
0: comes to naturally to him, that's right. So uh, Umuamua, it was a uh, an asteroid that originated outside of our solar system but passed through at an incredibly high rate. They talked about how great it would be to find. Uh, Create rockets or something that could follow something like that. But they said we don't even have the technology to track something that fast because it was really uh, traveling
1: pretty we quickly. Haven't got our warp drive working
2: yet? No
0: so. warp drives yet or hyperspace, but no. totally, totally working on that. Uh, you it guys is
2: interesting from that perspective. What? But we're only just now developing the technology so that we can actually be aware of these things out there. That's right. For millennia, these things have probably been floating in and out of the uh, uni- out of our galaxy and so on without any of us being aware of them.
0: That's right. Actually that's part of what crossed my mind is they saw it relatively recently when it's been traveling toward us for theoretically millennia, right? It's been on its way uh, in our neighborhood uh, because it doesn't emit any of its own light, etc. It was just this kind of dark object that showed up. So what have y'all heard about We only
2: found out about it when it was going
0: away. When it was a little too late to do anything. That's right. Yeah, we weren't able to
1: flag them down that they were rude. they were like you said they're they're moving pretty fast according to this article here i'm looking at it miles per hour wow so that is that's, fast uh, that's about warp speed so i, I i've, you know, I think I've never driven that fast i know
0: no i no i no. felt close sometimes perhaps <laughs> and shouldn't have but uh, no i've never driven that fast uh Hear anything about it in the news that catches your attention? I have some questions I want to ask, but what have you heard about it? It's,
2: it was coated in carbon.
0: It was coated in carbon. That's right. The inside was like a icy sort of a water or something, but yes. it was coated in carbon. That's right.
2: So, what what's the origin of a carbon that's coating it?
0: Okay, that's a good question. And I'm really glad that he asked that because it's really sort of a, uh, I think, misrepresented sometimes. In fact, uh, one of the articles uh, from let's see, where was this? I think it's the Atlantic, no, National Geographic mentions rock from another star system has a carbon-rich coating. Uh, that was published on December 18, 2017, so fairly recently. And they mentioned the carbon layer around it, but often that carbon layer is called uh, organic. If you read about organic chemistry, you know someone who took organic chemistry in college, or maybe they're, they're a scientist currently using organic chemistry. Organic chemistry just means related to carbon and the structures you can build with carbon some time ago they used to believe that a lot of those structures could only be created by life by living things. And so as a result, uh, they started calling such compounds organic when frankly there's a lot of non-living systems and processes that actually do produce organic compounds. So carbon is a relatively simple atom. It's uh, present in a lot of places in space and so it just accumulated that coating over time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now was there an alien maybe shellacking it with carbon? A fairly thick coating. It was a fairly thick coating but at the same time this thing has been floating through space Mm -hmm. apparently for For quite quite some time, it's
1: it's been it's been moving for millions of years, right? And uh, you know, I guess I like the way that the panspermia article said called it a galactic bus, carrying life between solar systems. So that was this fascination for obviously extraterrestrial life. That's right. And people just jump on this bandwagon immediately and say, oh, it must be you know. Excuse me, it's a bus. It's i
0: oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a get your analogies right. That's right. Uh, gotta, this was from Newsweek.com. Right. That that was their article. Panspermia: Mysterious asteroid, Oumuamua, uh, could be a galactic bus carrying life between solar systems. If you're not familiar with the theory of panspermia, it's, yeah, this idea that somehow the earliest forms of life were carried uh, were carried to Earth from space. Uh, any thoughts on that particular theory, either of you, gentlemen? It's wrong. (laughs) First thought, everyone, for the My first thought is
1: it is dead wrong. (laughs) Um, You know, obviously, as ministers of Jesus Christ, um, we believe that the Bible is the Word of God. And uh, it's very clear in the Bible that God created mankind and uh, He put us here on this earth. We didn't somehow get here on some intergalactic bus and uh you know once again you get back into evolutionary theory and all that stuff happening and what was that little thing you said that was on the uh that they were t- saying might have right. been uh, carry the life form well,
2: it was the
0: t- Tardigra- tardigrad. 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 Tardigrad, tardigrade. tardigrade 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 a water bug uh, a water bug well they found they don't necessarily think that the tardigrades were what brought it but they did find that tardigrades are a life form on earth that can actually survive in space. Uh, They actually can survive the conditions of space and come back to Earth. And they're ugly, ugly critters. And They're not very large, they're very tiny, they're microscopic, but that's what their their thought is. Well maybe Earth, life came to Earth from some other planet like one of these little critters.
2: Well, an interesting point uh, to add to what Jim was saying. Clearly Adam, the first man, which means Earth, Mm -hmm. he was made from Adama, which is a feminine, which means Earth. So he's made from red earth. So he's made from something very much that relates to planet earth, Mm -hmm. period. But he did receive something from outer space because it talks about the creator breathing into his nostrils the breath of life.
0: So life does have origins outside of earth. Look what you just did, Mr. Nathan. That's quite, wow, look at that. You spread the news. Life did come from outside of earth. It just happens to be... God, I'm kind of a little disappointed. Did you just say Adama is the feminine uh, yes. of Adam? Because I was a big 1970s Battlestar Galactica fan, and Commander Adama was one of my favorite characters. Lauren Green, anyone remember? Oh, yeah. And now I know he's got a feminine name. That really <laughs> bothers me. You just ruined a you. good part of my childhood, Mr. Nathan. It's oh, uh, tough. So it's over. We're, we're done. That's tough. Facts are tough. facts. Part of my fascination with the panspermia theory is why do they even keep bringing this idea up? Part of it's because they don't have a good explanation for how life started to begin right. with. Every experiment they've tried with with RNA, trying to come up with a way that that it could somehow come together on its own uh, with the right conditions, nothing is promising. And when you read scientists, some of them, at their most honest, they'll say that we don't have a clue where it could have started, and so they have to reach out to something else. They just don't seem to want to reach out to to a creator, right? Yeah. Well, you well, know, there,
1: there's been there's there's fascination with extraterrestrial life has been out there forever I mean I think a lot of the younger people may think that oh this is more of a modern-day you know phenomenon so to speak. but I mean I grew up in the 1960s and I remember watching I don't know if any of you did this but one of the older old Twilight Zones and they had the aliens coming to earth and they had this book and they were the the earthlings were trying to determine what this book was and they finally figured out what the title was and the book title was to serve man and they thought well that's awesome these aliens have come to earth to serve man and they're going to help us and help develop our world which they seem to be doing and they were giving them free rides into space but then of course if you know the (laughs) punchline, the show ends and they finally figure out that the book to serve man was a cookbook. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. I, so uh, did you go back to H.G. Yeah. Wells and the Battle of the Worlds? The War, of the Worlds? Right. Right. War of the Worlds. That's right. Oh, people thought that it was for real
0: hmm? when they yes. were watching it. I, I heard yes. it. that was the radio program, yes. I Orson right? Orson Wells and people heard it. I uh, so there was uh, television in the '60s, was there? See, I don't, I don't yeah, know. I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't, there was. I wasn't you weren't around. around. So that's right. Um, let me move on from this. So often things like this happen. Something happens in space, some sort of sign, something that's very unique or different. And people want to jump to a whole lot of conclusions because it seems like everyone's looking to the skies to try to uh, divine, to discern what's going to happen next. Uh, And for our second topic, that's exactly what we want to talk about. These... uh, Some of these sorts of heavenly signs, as some might label them, these things sort of going up, going on in the sky. Uh, Like recently, there was a a big tale of the uh, super moon. Uh, I expected the moon to have a red cape, you know, sort of flying through the sky. A big ass on it. Very disappointed. That's right. <laughs> uh, but the supermoon was a little bit of a disappointment for some people because I felt like it was played up so much. It just meant the moon was particularly close, and so it looked a little bit larger. It didn't look actually all that big. But we do hear about blood moons, uh, things like that. What do you take of, uh, of that? What do you take of people's reactions when they hear about things like that?
2: I, I think one of the problems is it indicates how far we have gotten from an appreciation of the world around us. Mm. In other words, these have been happening, these types of moons, with all of the various names we have, and every month, every moon has a month, depending on its uh, name, excuse me, depending on its month. Uh, obviously, ancient peoples were much more aware of these uh, because they didn't have the light pollution, they didn't have the entertainment systems, we have today, etc. Right, right. And people are much more aware of the passing of time and so on. Now somebody comes up with wild ideas about blood moons being an indication of the return of Jesus Christ, and people fall for it. Right. Whereas blood moons, as we see them today, have been a- occurring for time immemorial.
1: Uh, a a blood moon is just a natural occurrence it's not some phenomenon it's just what naturally occurs when the you know basically how the earth and the moon and the Sun are all aligned and when the moon ends up in the shadow of the earth it is you know kind of that reddish color and it's like uh, we were talking about this earlier it's like when you look up and see the sunset at night and you see this beautiful reds and yellows and and oranges you don't think oh wow that's some sign from you know the outer space it's or a blood sun, blood sun. A blood sun. It, it's just the colors going through the atmosphere naturally and that's all we're seeing in a blood moon right we d- so to make some big p- to do out of that oh right. this is some big sign from from some who knows what they think it is, but right. it's just ridiculous.
0: Part of it is that we know things are coming, and so people, uh, they're very interested in looking for those things. Yes. All they have around them is the natural world. Uh, There's another article that came up, and you talk <laughs> about not being in tune with the natural world. And now with our telescopes, radio telescopes, optical, te- all the rest, then we're aware of other things that happen that normally we wouldn't have known about at all. This uh, article about this asteroid that's expected to make this close path uh, is is a good example.
2: Can I just make another comment about the moons? About the blood moons? Blood moons. Obviously, people read in the Bible that the moon is going to be turned to blood and the sun darkened, etc., etc. And we have been so influenced by the Enlightenment Mm. that we're always looking for a rational explanation of how this is going to happen. Right. Rather than this being a divine act. Right. Let me
0: modify what you say because I I don't know if I would I would take it exactly that way because to me it is rational to think God can do these things Mm -hmm. and so when they happen I can attribute them to Him but but definitely uh, would you agree a a non-spiritual cause, some sort of purely physical cause that could happen in a universe in which there were no God, right? Uh, Purely natural, purely natural cause, right? Agreed. I would agree with that. Uh, We were just talking earlier about some program, there's been a lot of them around, that have tried to say the exodus, the events of the exodus really happened, Uh, the death of the firstborn, you know, the parting of the Red Sea, but they go to ridiculous lengths trying to explain it about whether it's passing uh, asteroids or meteors or volcanic eruptions uh, to the point of just absurdity because they can't accept that a god of the universe might actually have intervened in those things. Have you all seen any of those programs? Were you impressed? No. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
1: once again, it's it's man's rejection of God. Right. Man does not want to accept that there is a God, that there is a higher higher power in the universe. There is extraterrestrial life, if you want to call it that. Right. God and Jesus Christ, the holy angels. And there's the other side of that spectrum, the dark side of you know Satan and the demons. They're out there right. and they're doing things and they can cause different things to happen, should they want. You know, obviously as we look as we look to the end of the age and we see what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Before Jesus Christ returns right. during the Great Tribulation, there's going to be a lot of stuff going on. Right. You, you, you talk about you know this type of activity and, and blood moods and such. You know it talks about the the sun and the moon being darkened and all sorts of things. Right. But um, that is that is a, interne- a, a, a you know intervention from God as opposed right. to a natural occurrence, yes. and that there's night and day difference. Yeah.
2: Can Can I just add to that? Because if you look at the plagues of Egypt, they really were the undoing of the events of Genesis chapter one. Hmm. So the God of Israel is showing the Egyptians that I have the power to bring life to nothing. Hmm. I can undo what I have already done. And I think we have to, we have to understand that this God of Israel has that power hmm. in a remarkable way and to look at it from the point of view of of the natural events uh, earthquakes uh, volcanoes etc cetera, etc cetera, is uh, non sequitur right right
0: I, I i would agree i think that looking at some of these things uh blood moons et cetera, and people some people getting so worked up i think one it's unbiblical uh it also paints those who really do care about bible prophecy and such as crazy people when they're not caught up in all this. You know, mm-hmm. you start talking about Bible prophecy, people say, oh, you're just like some of those, those blood moon, you know, weirdos. And no, we're not actually, uh, not at all. In fact, uh, the verse that came to mind for me in uh, uh, the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 10, verse two, it says, thus says the Lord, do not learn the way of the Gentiles, do not be dismayed at the signs of heaven, for the Gentiles are dismayed at them when you look up and you see a blood moon and start thinking maybe this is it, you've, you've got things the other way around. That's not right. actually the things that you should be uh, should be attending to. Another example of this that maybe, maybe some would be bothered by, uh, this article that I referred to a moment ago uh, about this asteroid expected to make its closest pass by Earth in over 40 years. You think... Oh no! It's how close is it going to get? Are we going to see it streak across the sky? Should I should I hide in a bunker? We need to call Bruce Willis and
1: send him up there on a space shuttle to Absolutely. blow it apart. But Ben will take w- care of it.
0: Ben Affleck won't be available because he's busy being Batman. You oh, know? so oh no, Bruce Willis by himself. I think think we're in trouble. <laughs> I don't know, Batman could probably handle it by himself. But it points how close is it getting? Six point four million miles away. So I do think we're we're currently all right. I think I, think we're safe. I think I think we can. Skate by barely. Maybe if Michael Jordan doesn't leap, you know, air, you know, he. he, Okay. uh, Well, it was was only five
2: million miles away in 1974. So. uh,
0: Well, they point out too. Survived that. In 2093, it is projected to be 1.8 million miles away. Not that it's constantly getting closer. But it's just always out there. We used to be without telescopes, and uh, we couldn't, we didn't even, weren't even aware of these sorts of things. They're just happening. But some would speculate. Uh, part of our topic here is the discussion of wormwood. Uh, what is wormwood in the Bible? Who, who can uh, uh, enlighten us about the mention of wormwood in the book of Revelation? What is it?
2: Revelation chapter 8, verse 11 uh, uses this term wormwood, which is a word de- derived from absinthe. Uh, which we used to have, I think we still have a liquor, that is mm-hmm. based on absinthe. Uh, something very bitter, uh, talking about bitterness and uh, so on. So uh, it's a name that appears in Greek literature for a long time back, uh, an ind- indication of things going terribly wrong. Mm. Terribly wrong.
1: Well, it, obviously, when you, when you look at Revelation 8, what it's talking about is the seven trumpet plagues right. that are happening, that are coming on the earth. And, uh, you know, both uh, the fourth, uh, the, the fourth there is the, uh, the pale horse, and it says to him, death and Hades, power given to him to kill with a sword, hunger and death. But then in, in verse 9, the fifth seal, he, he says that he, um, uh, where are we? Um, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm You're not in the in wrong it. chapter. I, the seals, I flipped to the wrong. I flipped to the. Wrong, I'm one page off. I'm in the seals, not the not the plague. <laughs>
0: For the record, the entire Bible is good. Just That's so right. you know, it's if all, you happen to read the, the wrong page, page, it's not going to. be I a knew problem. it was on the
1: left side of the page, and I just quickly looked and didn't <laughs> see that I have, Anyway, great. the uh, the third angel sounded, and uh, it says a great star fell from heaven, burning like a torch, fell into the third of the rivers and springs, and turned it to wormwood. And it it says that this worm that a third of the waters became wormwood, and many men died from the water. So it's poisonous water, but this is not something that just kind of naturally happens. This isn't a asteroid or a comet striking the earth this is God striking the earth with the plague because if, obviously if some asteroid or whatever were to hit the earth um, you know we've seen those movies too there's gonna be this massive tidal wave and Paris is gonna blow up and whatever else movies you've seen were were comets and asteroids. Always the major fish- cities are the oh, ones that they get, they, they they get, get the whack you know if yeah.
0: t- you're a small town and no one cares about you in movies your town generally is safe from every but asteroid impact. Know, right.
1: God God's gonna strike the waters of the earth right. and you know someone with wormwood and, uh, you know, others are going to be turned to blood, as we see in other of the plagues and stuff. So this is a, once again, this is not a phenomenon of nature and some comet. This is a plague of God striking mankind.
0: Any, any thoughts, Mr. Nathan?
2: Uh, he summed it up well.
1: All
0: right. I, I, I could see God using a heavenly object in some kind of way, but when I read the description there of Wormwood, the consequences don't sound all that much like an asteroid impact of some sort. It really does sound like, you know, God working something something special. Uh, regardless, it's not that somehow if we can just find this asteroid before it smacks us, we'll just send up Bruce Willis and a few missiles and a few modified space shuttles and we'll get rid of it and avoid the plagues of God. You know what, if you're hearing trumpet sounds that are divine trumpet sounds being blasted from heaven I don't care how many telescopes you have, you know, things are going to happen. There's not really anything that you can, that you can do about. I mean, the things.
1: indication that all of mankind is going to hear these trumpets sound. This isn't going to be some little trumpet in one little area. This is going to be right. a, a worldwide trumpet that the whole world hears. Right. And the whole world is also going to experience the results of that
0: plague. Right, I'm not sure if you ever considered the uh, prophetic implications of what's going on in the United States, but let's say that none of Donald Trump's descendants ever decide to run for office. Then really, we could be at the last Trump. (laughs) I should apologize to everyone on the internet, I think, for that, that. I just thought that was one of the best (laughs) jokes in the world. So, uh, good line. We'll we'll edit that out. We'll we'll make sure that
1: no, you've got to keep that in. No, that's got to go. The last Trump sounded. All
0: right. The uh, (laughs) the third topic for today is future stellar mistaken identity. I I, this is a topic that actually is interesting to me. I I have thought about this a lot. I know that our our guests have as well because we've talked about it a bit uh, beforehand. First, let me ask each of you, you fess up. uh, Fess up. Maybe you have nothing to fess up about. Did you ever believe in aliens and that UFOs might be uh, driven by aliens and such when you were younger, perhaps? Anybody? Well,
1: I just have this little song that keeps running around in my head. I can't get out of there since we've been talking about this subject. It's the end of the world as we know it. (laughs) (laughs) Independence Day, one of the classics. And, uh, you know, having grown up in the church, I've always known there's been extraterrestrial life and believed that there was and know that there was a God and Jesus Christ and the angels. But uh, obviously I, I, I've never believed in some kind of alien life that was out there. But I've always been fascinated by all the movies, you know, you go back to Star Wars and Star Trek and all those we're talking about, um, fascinating things. But. Um, interesting and, and fun, right. not rather than. oh I wonder if there really is a you know moon of Titan or whatever.
0: <laughs> right. Well, I uh, for the record, I am wearing my uh, Star Wars cufflinks today. I'm not sure if they show on the camera. Does That give us any extra credit? Actually, I'll probably get sued by Disney now that I showed them. <laughs> I mean, I need to be careful about that. What about you, Mr. Nathan? Uh, 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 no,
2: I never it? believed in them, but I knew very much of it because some of the kids I went to school with were very much into it, UFOs and so on. And it seemed to be very much a cult uh, activity Ooh, back man. in the early fifties, and so forth. Okay. And the idea of UFOs and being visited in a little green right. man, and and so forth.
0: Well, I, I remember the movie *Close Encounters* coming out from, uh, you know, Steven Spielberg's *Close Encounters*. <laughs> and uh, I did not have the same kind of biblical backing yet in my life when I saw that, and was very, uh, I thought. This this could happen, you know. I know my mother strongly believed in aliens, and I remember going to bed that night having seen it on television and looking at the window thinking, well, you know, you never know. Maybe some E.T. is going to crawl through. But um, can he phone home? <laughs> uh, back then, uh, wireless wasn't as clearly available, so I'm not oh, sure if uh, he would be able to phone home. But that said, I was fascinated by it. And I was fascinated by the draw of, of something beyond us, something that wasn't mm-hmm. just here. And what do you think? Because there is a fascination. We, we looked at some articles before the, before the program started concerning this constant search for alien intelligence, uh, SETI, the Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence, uh, constantly scanning the skies to see if there's some communication. What do you think is the fascination that people have for, uh, for the idea of alien life or intelligence? I think that people are looking
1: for something And perhaps they don't want to admit that the God of the Bible, because they don't want to necessarily have to come underneath his rules and obey him. So they're looking for something greater than themselves, so to speak. And so, you know, this fascination, I mean, obviously we go back to Area 51 and the alien extraterrestrials supposedly are there. Uh, You know, just in the news recently, there's been this talk about this government program where the government spent $22 million on a program to... In essence, look for UFOs. That's and it's real in- money. Interesting to, to to read this little quote here. This is from a CNN article uh, entitled "Aliens, Flying Discs, and Sightings." Oh my! And uh, he says the uh, the claim doesn't come from a random townsperson about this forty-foot-long Tic Tac, as they as they calls it. He um, it says, it, it, it does not come from a random townsperson, though. It comes from retired commander David Fravor and bears the Pentagon stamp of approval. So, I mean, they're further propagating the, 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 the issue. And it says, one of many confounding examples of un- unidentified flying objects. And then, an, and then a quote from a guy named Louis, Luis Elizondo, and he's a former Pentagon official that was actually put over this program to find UFOs. He says, My personal belief is that there is some very compelling evidence that we may not be alone. Ooh, better look (laughs) under your bed. Well, as I keep saying, he's right. We're not alone. And when I go to bed at night, I'm not alone. I know Mm -hmm. that God is there. I know that Jesus Christ sits at his right hand. I know that his holy angels are all around us. If we love God, he's there. They're protecting us. So I don't have to worry about some evil extraterrestrial that's going to eat me. Um, I want to one day meet God and be with
0: Him. Right. I, I, I do look under the bed, uh, and, and the cat is normally there. <laughs> and I do fear the cat a little bit, actually. the cat, uh, cats are evil. The cats, <laughs> uh, well, we just offend a lot of cat people, but you need to look at cats honestly, frankly. Cats, uh, there's, a, there's something special about them. <laughs> Mr. Nathan, what do you think about this, uh, this kind of cultural obsession with, with alien life?
2: I, I think it really does come back to the idea that we have rejected the idea of a supreme being, and we want to put things together for ourselves. And, you know, it, you could almost chart the growth of it with the rejection of spiritual life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so the more it's rejected, the stronger the interest goes in, in, in extraterrestrial life. Right. And you, you, you look back in, when was Jodrell Bank built in in England to a radio telescope to plumb the skies to try and find Intelligence out there. Mm-hmm. We're going back to the 1950s, post Second World War, mm-hmm. and so on. Um, so we've we've been at this for a relatively long period of time now.
0: Right, right. We have. I. We actually have a few questions from Facebook that we might be able to squeeze in, but before we do that, I'd like to maybe save those at the very end and then just wrap up this topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about this obsession with aliens, and and the, the movie industry fuels this to a great yes, extent. Absolutely, uh, you mentioned Independence Day a while ago. There, Mister my uh, favorite, uh, Mister Meredith. It's uh, his favorite. I was going to call him Mister Beard because we were joking earlier. I was writing his name down, so I want to make sure I I mentioned Mister Jim Beard. Uh, he's the only <laughs> one here that can pull it off. Uh, it, it is just fantastic. Uh, Independence Day, that particular movie, did feature humanity binding together, coming together as one. Finally, all nations that were left to fight off this alien invasion. And people have speculated that maybe Jesus Christ's own return to earth would be spun as possibly an alien invasion of some sort uh, to rally mankind behind. Uh, uh, what say you, gentlemen, bearded or not?
2: Well, Zechariah 14 talks about how all nations will gather together to fight. Against Jesus Christ's return, right. so there has to be something that motivates them, that binds them together to do that. Hmm. Religious deception, right? But right. To also this idea that we've been so schooled in, and so you might say taught, that aliens from outer space are wars of the world again, et cetera, et cetera. Right. They're going to take away our freedom. Independence. You
1: know, I I think the real danger that's out there for mankind is buying into this deception that there is alien life and that more or less it's evil. Um, Satan is the god of this world. He is the prince of the power of the air, as he's described in the Bible, and he is out there to deceive mankind into believing a lie. And we talked about a lot of different things today, but, you know, just in terms of this comet going by the earth or this interstellar rock, and, you know, we we're talking about the Heaven's Gate group there in, in California that all right. committed suicide because they were going to all be whisked up onto this comet because it was coming by and they're going to go and, and go interstellar or something. And it's a deception that Satan has there, and he's going to use that to deceive mankind. And he's going to deceive them into believing a lie. I mean, they're already believing a lie, but they're going to believe the big lie that when Jesus Christ does return, he is not Jesus Christ, and they're going to fight Him. They're going to gather together to fight Him in Armageddon. And, you know, that's that's in Revelation.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think the, uh, the, the idea of people being deceived into thinking Christ is an extraterrestrial mm-hmm. attacking force. I think it's possible. You know, it, it's all speculative. Uh, we know there's going to be uh, deception abundant at the time, mm-hmm. uh, and it could be that everyone hears the lie they need to hear to motivate them to action, whether it's that or whether it's whether it's some might be told is their returning uh, mother-in-law, you know, and they need to. I don't know. It's possible. But Regardless, deception will abound. And if that if that's the lie that works. You know, Some that's the line that he would use. It'd be an amazing mother-in-law, actually. <laughs> um, all right. So those things said, we do have a. We don't. We can't get to all of the questions. Um, in fact, one I can answer real quickly. Someone asked if God could strike the Earth with an asteroid if He chooses. Yes. God can do anything. God can do anything. He could actually create a giant space ball of unicorns and strike the Earth with it. He can. <laughs> he can do it. Uh, no, we don't know if He will or not. But yes, absolutely, that could be a part of the the natural disasters that occur towards the end. But this one. Given we've talked about, well, we don't think there's aliens out there. We don't think that there's alien life. But this is a great question, and we'll use this one as our, as our question today. Someone asked on, Facebook, or sorry, on YouTube, what is the purpose of all the planets out there in the universe? They're finding more and more planets out there, and someone on YouTube wants to know why are they there? Uh, what do you guys think?
1: Well, how much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> in
0: our last few moments, you're going to have to make, make it brilliant, short and brilliant. Speculative. <laughs> uh, speculative, yeah. I well, know, we know there's a plan.
1: theres right. Is, there, there is an overall plan that God has put in place, that when Jesus Christ returns and His kingdom is established here on this earth, and those who have obeyed Him and loved Him and served Him are going to be a part of His government, and then we have forever and the universe. And we don't know. God doesn't give us that part of the plan. He doesn't say, okay, here's what's going to happen after the thousand-year millennial period. Then you're going to go out to Alpha Centauri and you're going to be king over there and you're going to start your own little world. We don't know what's going to happen. But the universe is out there for a purpose. We just don't know, at least uh, as far as the overall
0: great plan of God. Right. He doesn't give us the details. He talks about inheritance. And, of course,
2: science is an phase well, the science believes it has all knowledge right what science reason for it out there right uh, I mean, yeah
0: they the may have a function about,
2: I mean, they may perform a function within our father's plan that science just cannot fathom
0: right no absolutely that's one thing I think sometimes we we think all that space might be somehow wasted just for us, and it's all part of a larger balance to a certain extent. Um, I would say God does promise us in Hebrews and out of the Psalms uh, and other places that, that He eventually intends for us to inherit all things. All things, uh, that, that includes all, in fact, Paul says, some of the things we're going to inherit we can't even see yet. Uh, so, the universe is vast, but at the same time, the plan of God is vast. No when the entire fam, when the entire, all of mankind, if you have not seen it, you do need to look at our booklet, Your Ultimate Destiny. Uh, but it talks about those things that eventually there is an entire universe intended for us. In fact, there was another booklet. Did we mention this one? No, we have. Uh, we have not. 14 signs announcing. Look at. Oh look at that they put it up on the screen for us 14 signs announcing Christ's return if you're actually looking to know what the signs are, not just waiting for news reports of asteroids or uh, uh, we talk about you know aliens writing, Galactic motorcycles, you know, down our streets or something. You're looking for actual signs the Bible talks about. Buses,
2: please. Do what? Buses. Buses. Intergalactic buses. That's right, intergalactic buses. buses. Then uh, really that
0: booklet, 14 Signs Announcing Christ's Return, is really what you want to take a look at. We're done for today's program. Uh, Before we go, I'd like to thank uh, Mr. Dylan King, Chris Leonard, Ryan Dawson, and David Lindley for the constant support they always give us on this program, all the fantastic gentlemen on the other side of the glass. And thank all of you for watching. Have a wonderful rest of the week. We'll see you next time.